0: woman that we we kind of knew Celia we saw her at Staples and we saw her at Kroger and we saw her a couple other places and she kept saying hey you should try first Christian and we were church shopping you know So we finally said let's just try first let's go
1: we were immediately welcomed it's Jeff Hendricks who welcomed us he was so genuine and we just knew exactly where we needed to go, what our next steps were, and it just felt natural, like it was where we're supposed to be. I love the volunteer opportunities that they have. You can go help in the nursery, or you can help at the welcome desk. I also love the Mosaic Cafe that's awesome there. You can also break off and find little small groups to really tune in and get that connection to this bigger church that makes it feel a lot smaller.
0: I really appreciate the preaching style. They'll say this is what was happening socially at the time that this was written, or here's what the political climate was, and this is what this word means in Aramaic or Hebrew, and so I really enjoy that aspect of it. The staff's gonna challenge you. So if you think something, this is biblical, well, they'll say, well, maybe it's not really. I think that's you thinking that. This is what the Bible actually says. Challenges you to be a better Christian and a more involved Christian. I always
1: feel like when I come to the sermon, it's exactly what my heart needed without even knowing that that's what I needed.
0: BJ, Jonathan, Adam, couldn't ask for better. Heather Vance, phenomenal. Uh, Brian's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> if you're not connected here it's because you're trying not to be i think in my, my opinion if you need something if you ask anybody on sunday morning hey i could really use a prayer for this or hey i just need someone to talk to or a service you might need someone's gonna help you almost like an extended family it's really cool what
1: you give you get back We really noticed that, especially during COVID, we upped our tithe and I was blown away. (laughs) I mean, that's not why you do it. To get back, it just happened. You can't explain it because it's not what your intentions were. Beyond what you're getting back material-wise or or money-wise, it's like food for the soul. When you give back to people, whether it's Act of service or being there for somebody or praying for somebody there's more to it than just financial or material gain
0: you don't have to have a ton of money to be generous you can give your time you can give If you have a particular skill if you're a carpenter you can build something for somebody throughout the life of the church that I've been involved I've been able to do some of those things uh, back when we couldn't eat anything <laughs> you know, and have anything and so when we didn't have anything we learned that lesson and now We're able to give more generously uh, and it's actually a pleasure to to give generously now
1: when i hear whatever it takes i think of rolling up your sleeves and getting it done no matter what it takes how dirty you get get it done
0: i think it doesn't matter how you get there it's the end point the end goal this is what it is this is where we are going it's gonna happen and it doesn't matter what it takes to get there I think it's really interesting to see the the vision that God can give somebody and say, hey, look, this is what we have in store. If you really believe what God has told you to do, uh, obviously anything is possible. So, you know, we've seen it in our personal life. Hey, here's this thing you should do. Oh, okay, well, how do I do it? Don't worry about it, just do it, just go. I think it's really cool to be part of that here at first.
1: I just feel like, you know, Back in 1996 when they were talking, or probably 93, when they were talking about, hey, we're going to be building this church, I bet there were people thinking, what are they thinking? How are we going to fill the building? (laughs) You know, there were probably some naysayers, and then there were probably people like, we got to do this, let's go, let's go, let's get it done, and here we are, we're outgrowing where we are and we're gonna be having more people that we can change lives. So it's exciting to be a part of all of that.
2: Love that. You know, if uh, if, you, if you are newer with us here this weekend, uh, this whole mantra, if you will, of whatever it takes, uh, here's the idea behind it, that we understand that we serve and we worship a God who literally did uh, whatever it takes uh, in giving us the gift of his one and only son, uh, who would then give his life so that we could be given the gift of a new life. And so in response, we're saying, okay, as the church, what does it look like for us, you could say, to do whatever it takes to Further that message to further his mission through our church, in our community, and around the world. And so this is uh, week two of that conversation. So if you missed last week, uh, it might feel like um, you're a little bit in on the sequel of something that we talked about, uh, but um, know that you can always catch up with what you've missed, particularly in this series. If you go to firstdecater.org slash whatever it takes, uh, you can find uh, last week's uh, sermon and the whole service was awesome. We had the kids in here in the whole nine yards if you're a part of it, and we would encourage you to, to catch that. Uh, also, um, with that, um, there are some guidebooks that we are Uh, ask you to bring each week as we kinda journey through what God has for us. So if you didn't get one of these, make sure you grab one before you go. It'll really help answer a lot of questions and fill in a lot of gaps with what's going on. Uh, As well as uh, one of the things that we said that if you're willing to kinda, we say, put on the challenge of whatever God is leading you in this, that you should go get a T-shirt to put on that represents, okay, I'm gonna figure out what it means, what God wants for us to do, whatever it takes. So uh, there's some T-shirts and those guidebooks out in the lobby at the the little whatever it takes station deal that we want you to take advantage of. Uh, But really what you could say you missed if you missed last week is just a simple understanding that our primary goal is to discover, number one, this is all about what does God want to do first in us. And then once we kind of, this is how God works, like once he kind of fills us up like a reservoir in many ways, then he wants to kind of out of the overflow of that, kind of like a stream, kind of like a pipeline, like out of us, what does he want to do through us as uh, his church. Uh, and so we recognize that we talk about that, yes, on the weekends, but also between the weekends, that uh, this is a this is a seven-day-a-week thing, not a one-day-a-week kind of thing of following Jesus. And so some other tools you'll notice in your guidebook, if you want to flip over to page uh, 30 today, that's going to be a spot for some sermon notes and our passage. And then page 31, you'll see some prayer prompts that can kind of continue to pray about this idea of what does it look like uh, for, yes, yeah, God does whatever it takes in us and through us. And there's some conversation points. For families, and uh, if you, for those of you have kiddos, and then if you flip the page over to page thirty-two, there's a QR code which that'll take you to uh, some video devotionals and some questions and some discussion opportunities there. That again, just kind of keep us embedded in God's Word and God's leading and prayer all week long uh, for a lifetime uh, following him and just particularly this series that we're looking at right here. And, and one of the things that we did say last week, just one thing I wanna uh, remind us of, if we were here or let you know if you weren't, is that when it comes to the prayer part of this, that for our church, uh, one of our mantras for years has been this idea that for us, prayer is not like our last resort, but it's our first response. And I get it. I mean, I think we've all prayed some last resort prayers at times in our life. But as a church, we're saying as our first response to what it is that we believe God has for us, we want to make sure that we are we are praying that as kind of the, the leading edge on everything we're doing. And so uh, literally, as it says in the Word that, you know, his house is to be a house of prayer, uh, we have set up kind of a space, a special space there in the lobby uh, where you see some cards kind of hanging from a, a wall there that have some, some pre-printed prayers as well as some blank cards to be able to write some prayers in a little receptacle there that we can just kind of watch. As you know, the prayers build up and we see how God responds in that. So, we'd encourage you to take advantage of that uh, today after the service, and then, of course, uh, throughout the week or uh, in, in the weeks ahead, as again, we just continue to make sure that prayer is our first leading edge response in everything that we are doing and not our last resort as a church. Because the reason we do all of this. The reason we do anything in the life of our church, whether it's a whatever it takes initiative or whatever it is that we happen to be talking about on any given weekend, that the true reality of why we're always here is this understanding. This is kind of, you could say, like a, the reason we exist statement as a church. And we understand it this way that we exist as the church to develop into more devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And that we don't do that as like customers or consumers, but that we're contributors that we contribute by the way that we serve together, uh, again, in our church and through that into our community and around the world. And that as we grow together, uh, as we grow, and again, what it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus in every single area of our life, uh, including the area of our resources, our our, our money, if you will. Uh, and that's what it is that we're gonna look at here some today. And, Even as I say that, I said this a little bit last week, but I wanna say it again this weekend because one of the things that's been true for uh, as long as I can remember being a part of it is that we have every weekend, it's somebody's first weekend here in our church, or maybe in church at all. And so when it comes to this idea of money and church and talking about it, because we know it's somebody's first weekend, we wanna make sure that you understand that the idea that this subject would in any way be a, a stumbling block for you in your journey toward Jesus? Like you need to know that that's like completely unacceptable for us as a church. And so as you hear what we talk about, and you hear, you know, it says that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. He is He is the good news. And so as you hear this subject being talked about in any context, uh, particularly a church, if it doesn't feel like like good news, like if it doesn't feel like life, like like. Then either I'm not saying something well or maybe we're not connecting, and so let's have that conversation after the fact because we wanna make sure that, again, if Jesus came to give us life, then when it comes to every area of our life, including our resources, that there is life for us in this subject, uh, if that makes sense. Um, and so let's, let's please make sure, that's again why you could say it's so important that we actually do talk about it, because I recognize that some of you come from situations and stories where you know, you've, you've seen the headlines, I've seen them too, where maybe a ministry misappropriated resources and it's kinda like, hmm, what's that about? Or maybe your own personal story, kind of a bad run in with this whole topic of money and church and all that, uh, it, it maybe is a part of your story. And so it's important that we actually, because of those things, actually do talk about it and, and talk about it in the way that the scriptures talk to us about it. And, and it's interesting, uh, I don't feel like this is a stretch for us to have to choose to do, because what blows my mind about uh, how Jesus addresses this topic is super interesting, and, uh, and you can do your own research on this, but what you'll discover is that Jesus talks about the subject of money arguably more than any other topic that he addresses. It's crazy, he talks about money more than the Bible, he talks about money more than prayer, he talks about money even more than heaven. And why does he do this? Well. I think he knows what, if we think about it, we know too, that there's something about like the way that we use our resources that is like this gauge uh, that really reflects like no other gauge, like where our hearts really are, like like where it is that our value and and our trust ultimately lie. It's really interesting. Jesus actually said it this way. Uh, He said in Matthew chapter six in his Sermon on the Mount, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And sometimes I used to think of it, okay, well, where my heart is, that's where I'm gonna put my treasure. But Jesus is actually the other way around. Like, you can look at where it is that you spend your money and you can see where your heart is, where your values are, what um, you're kind of into, if you will. Um, so when we put our treasure somewhere, what Jesus says, put your treasure, if you want to be about the things that God's about, that you, you put your, your treasure there, your resources, and what you're gonna discover is that your heart will then follow behind it, not, The other way around. And the more you think about this, the more it's like it kind of makes sense because, for again, I think maybe the reason that Jesus talks about it so much is because what he knows is that money has this way of, you could say, being God's number one competitor uh, for where it is that we actually feel like we find our security and our trust and our understanding of where things actually. Come from, that historically we uh, as humans have a habit of trusting in money where God wants to trust in Him instead. And I think why so, Jesus has that line right in the middle of that, uh, that prayer that He taught His disciples, that we call it the Lord's Prayer, that, you know, this idea of like, okay, God, thank you for and give us this day our daily bread. Like, okay, I need to be daily reminded that it's You that I'm dependent on for all of my needs being met. And it's interesting, when it comes to this, if you wanna call it a competition between maybe money and God, uh, the way that Jesus actually goes on to describe it, he says, when it comes to it, uh, that you, you can't serve actually two masters. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. And, and what strikes me about this teaching of Jesus is it doesn't say like, you should not. He doesn't say like, like, like you shall not serve God. Like, he's like, like you, you cannot. Like, you can't do it, like, you can even try to do it, but it's not gonna work. Like, like, you can't functionally serve both God and money. So what's gonna happen is, you're either gonna hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so it's interesting to me that you think about, it's these life-defining reasons that Jesus chooses to talk, again, someone who never took up an offering, uh, someone who, relative to this earthly life, like was relatively homeless and yet talked about money a lot. And so Jesus is gonna do that here today uh, in our passage in Luke chapter 21. So I wanna invite you to, to turn there with me, Luke chapter 21 in a Bible, and uh, if you want, actually, in your guidebook, there on um, page 30, where our sermon notes section is, There's actually, that passage uh, is right there for you at the bottom that you can follow along there as well. (coughs) Excuse me. All right. So what Jesus is gonna do in this passage here is, is interestingly, he is not gonna give us a sermon as much as he's going to really through the eyes of someone show us something that honestly we probably would have never noticed if we were there with Jesus, but Jesus did. Someone who we don't even know her name, we just know a little bit about her, as you're gonna see, She's, it says a poor woman, a, a widow. And what Jesus does in, in, this, in these just few verses is that instead of you could say preach to us, he, he's gonna point us to this poor woman and what it is that she has to teach each and every single one of us uh, about this whole idea of our money and our resources and generosity. And, and Jesus, you're gonna see, he's just gonna do what Jesus does. He's just gonna turn upside down everything that we thought we knew about giving and generosity in this short story. And so follow with me, this is how it goes. It says, as Jesus looked up, and so context, they're in the temple courts here, and as he looked up, and he's with his disciples, he saw, it says, the rich, putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And it says that he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, Jesus said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, has put in all that she had to live on. And so the setting here, again, is they're in the temple, and people are bringing their offerings, and so Jesus is watching this take place with his disciples by his side, and what the disciples and what Jesus would have saw, they would have seen for this offering um, kind of area, would have been like this like this large bronze receptacles where people would put their, their offerings in. And what was interesting about those times is that th- there was no paper currency. And, and so um, literally, as people put these coins in, it would naturally make a good bit of noise. And what would happen is um, those who were giving big gifts, uh, they would, I guess you could say make a lot of noise. Uh, it actually says in the Gospel of Mark that, that they would actually took their offering and it says that they threw them in uh, because they wanted people to hear the sound of their large gifts, the large amount that was given. But what we find here in this story is actually that, I guess you could say, heaven hears things differently than the way that we hear things here on earth. Heaven hears things differently than the way that we hear noise here on earth, because it says that this woman shows up on the scene, and nobody on earth notices her, but when she puts in these two tiny copper coins, while you could hardly hear it on earth, according to Jesus, her gift, her sacrifice, her generosity, Jesus says it was so loud in heaven. And I love this, because what Jesus does, and Jesus died, he doesn't preach, but he just simply points to how heaven hears things differently than we hear things here on earth. And the way that he does that is interesting. In verse three, he says again that this poor widow says that she has put in more than all of the others. And we're going to see here in a second, like these coins, like like the numeric value of them was not... It was not more. Uh, it was not more in the way that we understand more. Like 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 this word, it should kind of cause us to raise an eyebrow because like when we see more, we think more means well, means more. Like more is more and less is less. And uh, the fact that this woman put in more than all the rest is not in fact a fact at all. It was just not the case because more is more and more is more than less. And if I were to ask you, you know, is ten more than two? You would say yes, it is. And I would say, well, how much at the time? And you'd be like. All the time, like 10 is always more than two. Like it's, it's not a subjective question. It's not an opinion. It's like a, it's a fact. It's like a, it's like a math reality, not a thought reality. And so more is more, except it would seem, according to Jesus, when, when it's not. And when it's not, Jesus says that this word more means something different. So it's a way, something that should be getting our attention in what Jesus wants to reveal to us. And so the way that he describes more, he says that this woman, she put in two very small copper coins, and again, just looking at more, like it's, it's not more, like a, these copper coins, they were called uh, mites. Uh, a mite was one uh, sixty-fourth of a denarius, and a denarius was uh, a day's wage. And so a mite is, or was, one sixty-fourth of a day's wage. And so if we were to kind of take that into our contemporary times, uh, let's say a day's wage at minimum wage uh, at 13 bucks an hour, which is right here in our state right now, would be say, give or take 100 bucks. And so you divide that by 164th, you got more or less a buck 50, and she's got two of these coins, two of these mites. So uh, add it all up in our contemporary time, you could say that she had about three bucks. She has like three bucks, and the Bible says that that's all she has and that that is what she puts in. And from our perspective, again, not more, not not really much it would seem at all, but according to Jesus, says that she put in more than all the rest. And so it would seem that Jesus is trying to teach us here that every gift that is sacrificial, that any gift that costs us something, that that kind of gift, regardless of the amount, is heard in heaven. It gets the attention of Jesus, and it's a gift that matters, and it matters a lot. You could say it this way, that according to Jesus, more is not defined by the portion, but by the proportion. That Jesus defines more, according to this woman's story, not by the portion, clearly, but by the proportion. Uh, you could say it's not about the sum, but it's about the sacrifice. Or, or when it comes to us, each playing our part in whatever it means for each and every one of us, 100% of us getting engaged in whatever it is God's leading us to do, whatever it takes to participate in, in our own understanding of giving gifts. It's not gonna be uh, you know, equal gifts, we recognize that, but it's a call to equal Sacrifice, equal proportions that we all 100% are discovering together what it means for us to be more devoted followers of Jesus in every area of our life. And so what's interesting is because this is true, um, this is not a message just for, you know, adults with resources or people that have more than those who don't. I mean, this is a message for all ages. It's a message for kids. It's why we do uh, this whole whatever it takes understanding, we're, we're doing an age specific and age-appropriate understanding in first kids and student life. And uh, again, even to you who might think like, uh, just doubting like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get like it's a difference in me, but like, what difference? does maybe just my gift make in the grand scheme of things? Well, maybe a more modern day understanding uh, of this reality of something that we do here around uh, First Christian is uh, a partnership that we have with New Life Pregnancy Center uh, that we participate each year in their baby bottle drive where uh, you take these bottles home and you fill them up with loose change and you bring it back. And uh, again, you you might look at that and say, okay, but what difference does it really make make? I mean, just a a few coins, you know, some nickels and dimes. I mean, I I don't know about you, but, you know, my back's not always the best. And like, if I see a nickel on the ground, like, I'm thinking twice about if I'm going to bend over and pick that thing up. Like, like, like what difference do a few coins make? Well, I know specifically for our our New Life ministry partners, uh, last year it amounted to more than $68,000 across uh, the uh, ministries that they are a part of, just awesome things uh, for expectant and new moms in our community. Uh, One of those things, among the many, many amazing things that they do uh, is something they started here recently called Hope House. And if you're unfamiliar, uh, Hope House is a home that can uh, house uh, four moms and their newborn babies uh, and, and really provide housing and support and, and comprehensive care uh, again both during pregnancy in that first and that first year of life and then during that first uh, year together they establish goals and plans and support for family permanency and safe and affordable housing coming out of that and some continuing education and stable income and you know reliable transportation and, and all of these things and uh, Jessica and I, my wife and I, we had the opportunity to actually visit uh, the Hope House here recently. And um, it's, just, it's just this beautiful space that when you walk in, I mean, it's nothing extravagant, but you can just tell it's so intentional and well done. I, I mean, honestly, Jessica and I were both like taking notes on like like decorating, like this is really, really nice. Again, not over the top, but just very intentional, very much communicating a message that we walk into this space. As we, again, think about our Heavenly Father, and the goodness of who he is in giving us his most precious and best gift of his one and only son. As we think about, again, what we'd want for our own kids, wanting to give them uh, our best, that this space, this place, this ministry, it gives these young ladies and their children who deserve our best as we help point them towards God's best for them and their families' life in the days ahead. And so the reason I share that with you is simply because to the idea of like, okay, so what difference does my gift really make in the scheme of things? I think these young moms and their babies would have a very different response to that question. And honestly, it's why we understand that this truth, that God wants to do something first in us, 100% of us, he wants to do something in us and that the way that he pulls us together to do something through us is a thing that only God can do. And so this is why, this is a, a journey for all of us, whether young or old, whether you know, relatively rich or poor or maybe somewhere in the middle, that according to Jesus, it's not about the portion but it's about each and every one of us discovering our sacrificial proportion, that it's not about the sum, it's about our journey of sacrifice. That's why uh, David in the Bible says, I will not give an offering, 2 Samuel 24, 24, I will not give an offering, he says, that costs me nothing. Because my God deserves my first and my best. And so as we, discover this journey together. Like, okay, what does this look like for each and every one of us? It really comes down to asking and answering three questions. Three questions that will kind of guide us into, okay, where are we and where does God want us to go? And those questions are simply that, where, where am I currently? And then prayerfully asking God, okay, God, where do you want me to be? And then practically functioning, like, okay, how will I get there? Where am I currently? Where does God want me to be and how will we get there? And so to put some handles on this and kind of, again, just kind of get some ideas of where, regardless of where you are, how you take the next step, uh, if you wanna flip over in your guidebook to page 21, there's this uh, super helpful kind of pathway that uh, I'm not gonna read it all to you, but it just kind of gives a sense of kind of where you are and what the next step uh, for you might look like. because maybe, again, for some of you, if you're kind of new to not just church today, but new to the whole church thing, like the whole idea of like like giving your money, like, like, like it's just completely foreign, completely new. Like you've never even considered it. Um, not because you're not interested, but it just hasn't even been on the radar. Like the idea that, that God has given you these things in the first place and that, okay, I might wanna respond by giving back. It's just like an an initial thought for you. And so um, I would encourage you to, uh, oh yeah, this is the byline, I forgot to say this. This is really cool. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are, it matters that you take the next step. I didn't come up with that. Someone else on the team did, but I thought that just really helps kind of codify it. So if the next step for you might be just the first step to step into giving, to if you haven't given, uh, maybe you are becoming an initial giver, like you're gonna step out in faith and do that. Uh, Maybe you have given, but maybe you haven't given consistently. Like you haven't thought about the idea, okay, like um, you know, God provides for me on a maybe twice monthly or monthly basis for uh, all my needs through a paycheck. You know, what would it look like for me to consistently uh, give back to him on that same cadence that uh, as resources come from him, I'm giving back to him. Or or even from there, just the idea of being an intentional giver or what we might call a tither. by we, we mean the Bible. The Bible talks about tithing. Uh, the word tithe is just a Bible word for the word a tenth. It literally means uh, 10%. So we have this understanding to be obedient to what God calls us to, that if he's given us 100% of everything we have, then we return, it says to return the tithe is what the Bible says. To God return the 10% back. And you might say, I thought we were giving here. Like, When do we return? Well, when we understand it, it all came from God in the first place, and we understand that we're returning back to him a portion of what he has given us in the first place. Um, and then from there, if you say you stepped into this, and I'll be honest, just kind of this is just, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so I've, I've learned some of these things along the way, and some of these are more challenging steps than others. Uh, the idea of being a surrendered giver or a lifetime giver, I won't read that to you, but it's just this idea of, okay, what does it look like? God, where are you leading me specifically, uh, you could say, to go above and beyond uh, the 10%. And, and we, through initiatives uh, over the years in the church or opportunities outside of the church, like New Life and other great ministries, you know, our household, we've discerned and discovered, okay, how can we uh, kind of go above and beyond in that way? And uh, maybe that's where you're at. And I'm gonna share this with you because this is just me telling you where I'm at. So this is just me. This might not be you, but this is just me being uh, a little kind of transparent with where we're at. So having done some of these things, like kind of above and beyond and all that, I, I'll be honest, I'm kind of a box checker. Like once I check the box, I kind of feel good and I move on. And I gotta be honest that when it comes to some of these things, I can say, okay, we've done the above and beyond thing. And you know I feel pretty comfortable uh, with that. Um, Maybe if I'm honest, a little complacent. uh, But as I think about it, even kind of going into all this, like almost thinking, okay, like maybe even a little overconfident uh, as to where we were at in this journey. But if you know anything about following Jesus, adjectives like, Comfort, complacency, uh, overconfident—usually don't go well. Real, real, I, mean, I, I think the Bible calls those mixed together uh, uh, pride. And so I'll be honest—I've like I, I kind of went into this thinking like feeling pretty good, and now, I, in fact, even after preaching this last night, just went home and was just like, man, like okay, God, like are we really doing this? Like, are we really? kind of busting out of complacency or comfort or any kind of overconfidence because that is never where Jesus wants us when it comes to our journey in following him, that he always is gonna be pushing us for our first and our best for him. And so just real kind of functionally, what we're looking at in our household is, okay, we're looking at, okay, some things that we have, been kind of saving for, that we're kind of wondering, okay, does God want us to hold that off for a season to be able to to give to these opportunities? Again, trusting he wants to do something in us that we're not even expecting through that, uh, so he can work through us. Or maybe when it comes to not just kind of a thing that we're looking toward, maybe it's just kind of things we do on the regular. Uh, we're kind of looking at, okay, what are some things that we've grown comfortable with and used to having on a regular basis or doing as a family? Like maybe there's uh, God's calling us to a season to kind of almost fast from something like that to be able to kind of feast on what God has for us and, and giving through maybe that way. Another thing that we're looking at is this idea of, okay, what could we do not just with money that maybe we're expecting in the future from God, but what is, what has God already given us that we might be able to use toward what he's calling us to? You could call it stored resources. Um, For some, that's like stocks and stuff like that. For us, it's it's probably more like we're looking at some things like, okay, we we could sell this these things and, and kind of use that maybe to, to, to give in a greater way. And so it's, it's these kinds of things that I just want you to know, like, we, we are wrestling as a household right there alongside you. And, and again, not in like a, a painful way, but we wanna cheerfully uh, kind of trust God in ways that show like, okay, God, I really do trust you that you have provided and will continue to provide. And I want to be able to give in such a way that demonstrates that reality functionally in my life. And so we're asking the same questions we're asking you. Uh, task and that is where am I currently where does God want me to be and how will I get there how will we get there as a household and again I probably put another asterisk on all this like if we could have a conversation you might say something from where you're seated at today and say like but Brian like you don't understand our financial situation right now uh like you know like this morning, I ate my cereal with a fork to save money on milk. Like You don't get like, what it is that we're trying to do. Like I don't get where giving is gonna fit into our budget at this time. And I want you to know that when it comes to this topic, like for us as a church, it's not about 10%. It's not about, a pr- in fact, it's about 100%. Uh, and hear this the right way, that we understand that that God is Lord over all of it, that he's gonna provide for us in all these things. And and so to come alongside you, and if that 100% doesn't seem to be working out, uh, there are people who have approached me personally saying, hey, Brian, if there's anyone in the life of the church that just needs some help getting their finances order, I would be, honored to help them and help them in any way that I can. Um, we also have Financial Peace uh, University, if you're familiar with that, uh, that program, groups that's, that, that we start up. And so uh, we'd be you know, looking to start a group if you wanna be a part of something like that. Um, the the important thing is just recognizing that God wants to be in charge of all of it. And so it's bigger than just giving. It's, it's, it looks at how does God give us wise stewardship. We see this all throughout the scriptures when it comes to what he's given to us and what it is that we're doing with all of it, not just. In giving back some of it, um, but what you will discover, and if you've done this, you know, and if you haven't, you haven't learned it. It's like it's one of those things that says in the Psalms, like "Taste and see that the Lord is good." In Malachi, when it comes to tithing, uh, God actually says, "Test me in this." It's the only spot in the whole Bible where God like says, "Test me." try me uh, and see what it is that I will do through that. Um, And again, I think it's the reason that when it comes to this whole financial peace idea, not like the program, but like actually having like like a sense of peace about where your finances are at, like a big piece of that is this idea of where giving fits into it, like giving back. Like there's a reason that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And you only know that if you know that by knowing that. it, there's a reason that, that on our video that Kim was able to be like, yes, like there's something about giving that's, that's food for the soul. I love that. It, there's something powerful that happens that when, when you discover the gift of giving, it's like you realize that, okay, our good, good father, he, he doesn't want something from us in this, like what, what can you give God? I mean, it says in Psalm 24, it says that the whole earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So how do you give to somebody who's got it all anyway? And so we realize that in giving, that God doesn't want something from us, but he actually wants something for us, for you in your journey of trusting him in every area of your life. You see, I think that's why Jesus uses this story. I think that's why Jesus points us to this real life situation of an actual woman in an actual setting some 2,000 years ago where her two tiny coins clearly is not gonna amount numerically to a whole lot. But Jesus communicated through her that it was so much sacrifice on her part. And you almost expect, like if you read the story and you didn't know what was gonna happen, like to see, like Jesus is almost gonna be like, man, I'm really like, like so thankful that you were willing to do that. Um, you almost expect him to kind of get it out and be like, but you keep it, like, th- like it's okay, like, like we got it, like we don't, like I- I'll be honest, like I think if I was there, that's probably what I would've done, be like, oh no, 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 it's okay, like, like we-, we got this, you don't have to worry about being a part of this. But Jesus knows his father. And Jesus knew her father. And he knows that our good, good father is going to take care of her needs. He's gonna provide for her. And so God in Jesus, he's not gonna let, I guess you could say that moment, that opportunity be robbed of her in the, you could say the heavenly reward that Jesus wants her to have. And so for us, because when we think about our own journey of generosity, I, I don't know when it comes to the history of the world if God has done more to teach generosity and devotion to him than through this woman's simple story, her demonstrated devotion through her sacrificial generosity. And I gotta tell you, I, I just can't wait to see what, what God is going to do in and each, every single one of us and through us collectively as he did in this woman, that as we would pray, as we would listen and we would respond, not with some sort of sum portion, but that we would discover each and every one of us, what is the sacrificial proportion that God wants to use to develop us into more devoted followers of him as we discover what he wants to do through us as his church as we continue to create devoted followers of others who aren't yet here. And so for this journey together, because we know we need his help, let's pray to him for that help. Heavenly Father, you've been so good to us. We know you're gonna keep being good to us. God, that when we even consider and think about this, this whole, whatever the goals are that we want and feel led to do as a church, that even if someone at the end of the service walked up and wrote a check for the, the whole goal amount, we know that we should still do this and we would still do this because this is part of the reality of what it means for us to become fully devoted followers of you, to truly trust you in every area of our lives. And so we um, may be a little nervous, but also very excited to discover what it is that you wanna do in us and through us as your church, that is regardless of where we are, we discover that next step because we trust that you're telling us the truth, (laughs) that when it comes to life and life to the full, that it's more blessed to give than receive that these are the things that you want us to experience, of course, in us, but not just for us, but through us as we are blessed to be a blessing to others. And so may it be in each and every one of us, in us as your church, and through us as we go, bringing your kingdom through your power and all the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray it, amen.